filmed over the thread. My name is Taylor, and um, Mary is actually not here. Um, this is a special solo cast with uh, yours truly. Um, we're going to do a couple more installments of this. Um, this season is full of just a bunch of crazy things going on, and sometimes when you have two people doing a podcast and they live in different states, which is our case, it is really hard to, uh, you know, set aside time and record. And this is something that we both really love to do, and it's something um, that obviously I have a passion for as well. And so um, during this time of um, inconsistent scheduling, I am going to be filling in here and there um, with some solo casts, um, which I really, I don't know, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of torn between because I really love um, conversations and as a solo cast, you can't really have a conversation with yourself. It's also kind of sounds sometimes um, like I am preaching if I'm just just me talking to you, the listener, um, which I don't I do not want to sound like I'm preaching and I just want to just uh, clear the air here. Um, I am speaking from experience and um, just different things different opinions that I may have, um, but I am not an all-knowing being, as uh, most people are not. Um, so, uh, you know, take my advice with a grain of salt, um, and everything that I say with a grain of salt, I am not an expert, um, but I am learning to be an expert. Um, so, anyways, I guess we could just jump into this, this solo cast segment, and I kind of want to dive into something that actually has been interfering with our podcast scheduling. And it's something that I think a lot, maybe a lot of you listeners um, are dealing with um, and or it's your career path. So I wanted to talk a little bit about freelancing. So the reason why Mary and I have not been able to be consistent on this podcast, which is such a bummer because we love talking to you guys every single week. We love to have conversations. That's something that we have both enjoyed and that is why we started this podcast in the first place um but the reason being the reason why we have not been recording is due to scheduling conflicts um with freelancing so um both mary and i have a full-time job as graphic designers um she's in albuquerque i'm in san diego and um with that full-time job we both have also a bunch of side gigs now Mary is a little bit more diverse. Um, she really likes soccer. So actually, um, something that she does in her little side gig is she's actually a coach. Um, and not only is she a coach, but she's also a freelance designer. So she does design for different friends, different people that she she um, already had a previous relationship with um, and knew pretty well. Um, and uh, as for me, I am also a freelance designer, um, in addition to my full-time job as a graphic designer for a resort company. Um, and it's something that I have been doing over the years and, um, had a lot of experience in college and a little bit of post-college, but this year more than ever, I have been bombarded by freelance work. Um, which I think a lot of you who may be in the, um, workforce right now and you're nine to five, 
kind of everyday job, um, you may have an interest in freelancing. And that is something that I have kind of seen as a long-term career path opportunity, something that I've seen as something that I would like to pursue in the long term. Um, And it's something that I think for a lot of people, especially coming out of school or even in school, it's very hard to come by. Um, So I wanted to do a little segment on freelancing, um, basically a how-to for freelancers, a um, startup guide, most basic guide that any freelancer, if you're, doesn't matter if you're a designer, a photographer, a writer, um, geez, you could be an accountant. Um, shout out to Ellie. Hey, Ellie. <laughs> um, you could be starting your own practice, you know, law firm. I mean, this, this applies to everybody, um, and anybody, um, you could do freelance law. That's a thing. Um, illustrator, whatever it is that you're doing. A lot of people nowadays, um, this, this market is so, um, flexible and diverse, um, you can just start your own, your own thing. So before I ramble on too much further, let's just hop into basic how-tos of freelancing. So I wanted to break it down and I tried to write it out so that I could more easily convey to you the, almost like these steps. And this is something that I've been developing over the last two, two and a half years of really serious freelancing. And so this is by no means an all-encompassing guide, but this is something to get you started. And I think these are key things that you need to have established before you can um, really jump into this thing. So the first thing I think that you need as a freelancer before you can do basically anything is you need to have A, a name, and B, some sort of logo. Um... Unfortunately for you guys who are not super artistically um, inclined, this might be a little bit of a challenge, um, but I encourage you to reach out to your designer friends, i.e. me or Mary <laughs> and other people. Um, give give these designers your business. Um, have someone create a logo for you. Um, a, there's a lot of designers out there that would love to do it. But if you, if you do have that um, sort of artistic ability or you have confidence in um, creating something um, to embody your brand, I suggest having a logo and having a name solid um, before you even start trying to find clients. Now, sometimes this is something you can develop over the course of your freelancing. I actually had a different name when I started freelancing. So um, this is not something that you have to have set in stone, but it, if you want this to be um, a full-time thing and you want this to be um, something really solid, I suggest starting with it. With that, I would also suggest that you go through LegalZoom to get your business verified. Um, now, this is more so for people who are doing larger scale freelancing work. Um, for people who are a little bit smaller, um, just starting out, this is not something that you need to have right away. If you're not going to buy the copyright that protects your name, um, I highly suggest then the second step, which we're going into, is um, securing a domain name. Now, that is something that you can research. Um, I suggest going through, and this is not a sponsored thing, but I suggest going through GoDaddy. That's a company that I have gone through, and it is probably the most reliable that I've worked with so far. 
Um, if you do a domain, I highly, highly, highly recommend that you get the most secure um, when you're given the options to um, basically protect your name, address, basic information. Otherwise, you're going to get a slew of calls from random people from all over. And I swear to you, I am still getting calls from random people because I did not have my name protected for a good solid two months until I realized that the reason why I was getting bombarded by calls was because I did not have my domain name protected. So I highly suggest doing that um, and going through GoDaddy. Now, the kind of part two of this is you need a website. Um, and you know, this can be for anything. I mean, even if you're an accountant, you need a website. This is something that I think almost everybody should have, um, unless you're not, you know, you're not doing active freelance work. You're not, um, doing projects for people. I suggest everyone should have a website. Um, so think of your website as your home base, this, think of it also as almost like your storefront. This is um, your building. This is um, basically where you come to, to um, you receive clients here, um, you direct clients here. So on your website, this is where usually your portfolio lives and your portfolio could really be anything. Um, for us designers, it's pretty simple. It's gonna be mostly our work that we've done in the past. Um, for other people and in other industries, that could look very different. Um, but basically, if you have a spot for where your work is, where you've shown what you've done, um, contact information, forms on your site so you can get people to convert from looking on your site for information to actually signing up to work with you. Um, that is something that's really, really key. So I say for a website, I recommend that you get your portfolio, basically your body of work, whatever that means to you, have contact information, a form for people to contact you, and a little bit about what you do. Um, and those are kind of the four main components of a website. I recommend that you go with a website builder if you don't have any coding experience. If you're a you know web designer, if you're a coder, or someone who does um, or likes to play with technology, by all means, go ahead and code your own website. But nowadays, we have a lot of amazing, amazing tools at our fingertips, some which are free, which is kind of amazing, um, some which come with subscriptions. So I would definitely check out all of your options before diving into something um, that you either pay someone to do or um, you do yourself. So my number one recommendation and something, a company that I use all the time is Squarespace. This is not sponsored, um, although Squarespace, if you want to sponsor us, we are definitely open for that. But um, Squarespace is amazing. Um, I have every single website that I own currently is through Squarespace. And that just saved me so much time. I was able to get up a website within a day. Um, and, you know, other sites like Weebly, um, Wix, uh, WordPress is for the more advanced. If you're also a blogger, that's a really great option. Um, another one, if you're in the creative field, um, Adobe Portfolio is something that comes with uh, the Adobe Creative Cloud. So if you're subscribed, 
that's another option for you. So basically here, the main focus is securing that domain name. If you do nothing else that I have recommended, I suggest just getting that domain name. That way you actually own the URL. And so at some point, um, when you're ready to get that website started, you have that all at the ready. So the third thing that I want to talk about um, in freelancing, so you've got, you've got your name and you've got your website. Um, the next thing to think about is kind of what sort of tools do you need to get started? Um, and I don't necessarily mean physical tools, but this is um, different software, different apps, um, different resources that are available for you um, that can help you get started with freelancing. One of the biggest, 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 I, I cannot even stress more, um, is contracts. Um, and I know this is kind of a weird thing. Um, for me, when I first started out, I thought it was so odd um, asking, especially when you're working with people that you know or your friends. It may be really awkward. You may feel really awkward about it. But honestly, guys, it's not awkward. Um, this is something that will cover your butt. It'll cover your friend's butt as you're trying to figure out um, kind of what each project entails and kind of figuring out what you're owed and um, what sort of expectations to set. And this is a huge part of freelancing and it's something that you learn, but it's also something that you need to have established before you really get into the meat of your work. So in lieu of contracts, I highly suggest if you don't have a legal background, which I definitely do not, I think most of you probably don't have a legal background, um, and forms and contracts and the kind of legal mumbo jumbo is kind of freaky for you, which I personally feel like it is a little bit intimidating. Um, I highly suggest that you download an app called Forms by Legal Shield, um, and it's an amazing app. It's pretty simple and straightforward, and basically what it does is it gives you some customizable forms, um, some already kind of pre-filled out forms um, to where you can kind of add in certain elements of expectations that your client um, may want. You can add in you know, your hourly rate, how you would like to get paid, um, those details, and it covers all of the legal stuff for you. So this means all of the um, here-tos and therefores and, um, you know, all, the, all those crazy extra things that um, they actually add into the form after, um, so you don't have to worry about any of those words, and you still get the same coverage, and you don't have to worry about any sort of legal troubles. Um, so that has been... Um, the biggest time saver and also the most effective in terms of contracts that I've ever used um, as an app builder. So that's my first recommendation. Um, secondly, I would set up a way to invoice your clients. Um, that's something that I didn't actually really think about until probably several months into some of my um, freelance work. Um, and it's something that's very overlooked, but um, it's incredibly important, um, especially once you start getting into bigger contracts and you become more of a legitimate company. Um, for a while, when I was just doing one-off projects for people, I would literally just, you know, um, usually I would know the person or um, friend of a friend. So uh, payment was usually pretty easy, um, but I never really had an efficient way of doing invoicing. Um, so if you want to be an established freelancer, I suggest um, getting PayPal. 
Um, now, PayPal, um, I originally thought was very basic, just, um, you know, transfer of money, um, just a little more secure than a Venmo. Um, I recently heard from somebody that Venmo actually discloses a lot more information than people actually know about. Um, so I highly suggest if you are currently um, getting paid through Venmo um, for your freelancing, um, I suggest moving to PayPal. Um, PayPal is a lot more secure and it actually works through Facebook Messenger, which I did not realize, um, which is very interesting. So with that being said, invoicing. So I didn't realize this, but PayPal actually has an invoice feature. Um, if you go into their settings, um, there is actually a template that um, will pop down if you say invoice, want to create an invoice. Um, it will give you several options to which you can customize with your own logo, um, your information, um, name, all of that. And you can actually add people based on email um, and from your contact information. And it will autofill everything in um, so you can easily send these invoices to your clients in a very professional and official way um, and much more secure. Um, and with PayPal, you do not have to pay um, any sort of fees and they can actually charge um, credit cards to you and there's not going to be any extra fees. Um, I think with American Express, there is a fee, but that's because it's American Express and let's be real, like everything with American Express is an extra fee. So, but um, I highly suggest PayPal. That is something that is free and also very easy to use. I've unfortunately used a couple of different apps that have not um, yielded the same result. And instead, it was very much a hassle for me to move money from different accounts and things weren't connecting. And overall, it was just very messy. So if you're looking for something that's free and also efficient, PayPal is the way to go. And like I said earlier, um, if you... So as I mentioned earlier with your name, um, once you start to become a more established freelancer, uh, I highly recommend looking into um, getting your name um, protected through LegalZoom, um, <clears throat> also not sponsored, but um, LegalZoom is a really great option if your company is something that's a little bit more um, outward facing towards more than just individual clients and it starts to become an actual company. Um, that's when you need to start um, thinking about things on a larger scale. If you're a simple freelancer like maybe myself or, or someone who's just kind of starting out, um, I recommend holding off on LegalZoom unless you really want to protect your name. Um, oftentimes with having the domain name, that can serve as something that kind of gives you a little bit more protection than, than you would if you did nothing at all. All right, so part four to freelancing. Um, those are just some of the basic tools. There are a lot more other things that I'd love to get into depth with, um, but that's going to be for another episode, um, another podcast. So hopefully this is really helpful for you. Um, but getting into number four, um, that would be clients. So I want to just take a moment to talk a little bit about clients because that's something that um, when I first started out, I kind of swept under the rug is something that didn't, it mattered, but it didn't really, because I was more focused on how can I get 
clients. Um, and that's a valid concern. And that's something that every good freelancer um, who's looking to get into freelancing that's just starting out um, is going to be feeling. And it's kind of this pressure of you feel like you need to just get going and just get the clients and doesn't matter who it is, just start getting the work. And there is merit to that. Um, I think that's really important. And that is why I say when you're first starting out, it is very important to start just working. So that means asking around, ask your parents, ask your community, ask your friends, see who is in need of your service. And honestly, if you're very open with people and you just ask around frequently, more times than not, you're going to be able to find at least somebody who may need your services. I know it could feel a little bit odd putting your friends on the spot, um, asking them for these different things, but honestly, um, I'm pretty sure most people would be pretty cool about, you know, hey, like you're just asking them, um, do you know someone who's in need of what I do? Because most people, especially if they're people who are close to you or are looking out for your best interest. So, you know, they're going to be, oh, and then maybe if they haven't heard of anybody who needs your assistance, you know, now it's going to be at the forefront of their mind or it's going to be in the back of their mind as they're meeting different people and finding out, oh, so-and-so actually needs work. I should, I should recommend my friend. So that's incredibly important. And I think with um, the search for clients, um, an important thing to have is a business card. Um, I think... A lot of people may write off business cards as kind of old fashioned, but I was recently at a conference. Uh, we went to Hypergrowth um, and did that cool podcast series on Hypergrowth. Um, we actually met a couple of people and I gave them my um, my business card. And it was interesting because their whole the whole dynamic of the conversation and their face completely changed um, from you know, kind of like uh, polite um, kind of distance to um, kind of almost opening up and being like, wow, this is really interesting. Um, you know, it, a very positive interaction. Um, so I think that you should not discount printed items, especially when it's a business card, because it's very easy to just um, pass along and it could also leave a really great impression. So I would say, if you're going to go with a business card and you you really want to, you know, get a good one that's going to last and is quality, another not sponsored company, but Moo, if you want to sponsor us, you should. Um, but go check out Moo.com. They have the best customer service. Um, I was not satisfied with my first printing of um, my business cards um, recently, and they actually completely refunded my order and they shipped me a whole new set so I got double the cards and it was amazing and the quality is incredible and you can choose from all different kinds um they do run on a little bit of the pricier side but um to me it's worth it um to get that really good quality if you're looking for something that's a little bit cheaper I do suggest going through something like um Vistaprint um, where it's pretty quick or overnight prints, I think I've done where I needed business cards like in a couple of days turnaround time, um, which is this, they're both solid companies, but the quality is definitely lacking. 
Now, with finding clients, I think another thing that I get asked um, by different people, and it's something that I've asked people, is how do you find clients? And I kind of touched on that earlier where I said ask around, ask your community of people, Um, because I think there's largely untapped potential in just asking around your community of people. Um, With that, I would say if you're not on LinkedIn, you should definitely get on LinkedIn. Um, This is probably the easiest, easiest, easiest way to get exposure um, very professionally and strictly professionally. Um, And LinkedIn is something that I jumped on probably closer to my end of college. Um, and it's it's something that has afforded me most of my jobs, actually. Uh, most of my freelance gigs are actually from LinkedIn, um, which is really incredible. And it's offered me opportunities to work with all different kinds of companies. Um, so I think it's something that people maybe take for granted or kind of group in with a Facebook. And, and I would um, disagree with you ever so slightly because I've had some really great successes on LinkedIn. Does that mean you're going to have success on LinkedIn right away? Not necessarily, but it is something that will validate your experience level and it will also kind of put you on a pedestal in terms of if someone were to look up your company, you have this very nice shining example of who you are and what your company is about um, online, easily accessible for people to check out. So um, I say get a LinkedIn. Um, My policy is I literally reach out to everybody that I somewhat know. Um, They could be people that I barely even know, but just have a network. Um, LinkedIn, I think, only shows if you have 500 plus. Um, It doesn't show if you have more connections than that. So I say shoot for 500 connections. Um, This also means you need to fill out all of the information on LinkedIn. Um, That's something that I think a lot of people overlook and they just fill out what they want to fill out. Um, If you fill out everything in its entirety, which I know it takes a really long time with LinkedIn, um, then it's going to yield you so many more results. Um, It actually, with the LinkedIn algorithm, it will boost you up higher in the searches. So... When people are searching for your your career, um, your field, you're more likely to pop up. Um, and I get I get like a little recap every couple of days or so of like how many people, how many searches I've been in, um, and it's really surprising like how many I get per week just because of all of the information that I've provided. Also with LinkedIn, reach out to different people. Um, message different people that um, are in career fields that you're interested in. Um, I think reaching out to people on LinkedIn is a really great professional way of kind of seeking mentorship um, and connection with different people, um, but in a very like focused business sense um, that's not really seen as creepy, but more as um, logical, I guess you could say. Another app that's really great is Nextdoor. Um, So I actually, apparently a lot of people have never heard of Nextdoor as um, a everyday sort of app. Um, So Nextdoor, if you don't know, is a um, basically online community of your neighbors. So 
it's a grouping of people who live in your same area, very specific and targeted. And it basically serves as like a Facebook for your neighborhood community. So people say what's going on. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of nonsense on there. There's some lost dogs and um, gosh, what was the crazy thing? I saw, um, oh, there's a bobcat that's running around wild um, in our neighborhood on the frequent. So I get bobcat things. So there's some stuff that's like totally, you know, whatever. Um, but, and, you know, there's always that neighborhood drama. But um, the craziest thing about next door is someone could ask, think of it as like a giant discussion, town hall meeting, and or like family dinner, like all mixed into one. And it's people asking people that they trust because they live in the same area, which is, you know, so so I don't know if I trust everyone in my area. But um, asking them for suggestions on different things, or it's basically asking for interaction. And there's actually a lot of interaction on this app. Um, so there's, it's highly trafficked. There's a lot of people that are going on and off that. Um, so um, the craziest thing is about two months ago, um, somebody asked, hey, looking for a graphic designer in the, you know, North, North County, San Diego area, um, put it out there in my neighborhood. Um, at the time I was not on next door. Um, I had heard about it and just didn't really ever think it was necessary for my business or personally. And I actually had a family friend reach out to that person on next door and say, Hey, I know this designer, insert my name. Um, she's available. Here's her information. And so I actually got two freelance clients that are full-time, um, full-time meaning they're, um, you know, I'm going to have a lot of, a lot of gigs with them, a lot of, um, deals with them. Um, one of them is long-term. One of them is several projects, um, for the foreseeable next several months. Um, and this was just from somebody suggesting my name in this app. So I say, if you're not on Nextdoor, 100% get on Nextdoor. I have now <laughs> recently downloaded Nextdoor, gotten on Nextdoor, written about my um, freelance business, and since then been kind of monitoring the chats to see if there's anything that comes up that could remotely relate to um, my business. And so now um, I see how much that is a uh, that's a huge, huge um, missed opportunity. Um, that can actually get you a lot more business, uh, which is really, really cool. So that is um, kind of a, an, untapped, uh, an untapped network, you could say. Um, so if you're not on Nextdoor, get on it, try it out. You never know. You might get some weird notifications, but I just turn off notifications with the exception of if it relates to if they mention me or my company and then I just hop on every once in a while. So with that, um, another thing I want to touch on with clients, it's it's really awesome. Um, I mean, you can work with anybody, right? That's the benefit of being a freelancer is you can, especially with the Internet, um, being how it is now with just so many different ways to um, get in contact with people quickly and, and efficiently. Though we can reach a lot of different types of people in all different places in the world, it is a lot easier to be able to work with somebody who's really close by, um, someone who's local. 
And I think that's something that um, people tend to forget, that there's so many opportunities in their own area. Um, So kind of piggybacking off next door, um, another thing to consider is um, looking for customers who are in your community. So, and that kind of ties into um, the next segment, which is kind of being selective on your customers, on your clients. So this might sound a little contradictory, but um, even though it's really important when you're first starting out to just get clients and to get the ball moving and get get your practice in, um, you also have to be careful of when you're first starting is you don't want to work with people that you don't want to work with. Now, that sounds really easy and self-explanatory and kind of like, duh, of course I'm not going to work with somebody who I don't want to work with. But honestly, sometimes you can't even tell until you're halfway knee deep in it and um, hating life because you don't get along with a client um, or something goes on. So um, a part of that process is you kind of need to learn how to um, be able to vet clients, um, figure out who Um, what kind of clients you want to work with and what kind of clients you don't want to work with. Um, I've had to learn the hard way, unfortunately, with um, different clients and different work experiences. And I, the good news about going through these, these trials, these um, tougher situations is you learn a lot about what you want and what you don't want. And I think the biggest, the biggest pitfall in um, first starting out freelancing is you don't know what you don't know. And you also, with that, you don't know what you don't want, so you therefore don't quite know what you want in a client. Um, Sometimes I think for me, the way that um, I kind of fell victim to this was I kind of had this idea of how everyone operates, and that's just not the case um, customer to customer, just because, you know, Sue from Sue's Salads, I'm thinking of Parks and Rec, (laughs) great show, Um, you know, wanted me to create this logo and wanted it to be in this very timely schedule. It doesn't mean that Joe from Joe the Grocer, I don't know, I can't think of names, Um, you know, he might be totally scatterbrained and have like things skewed about and you have to kind of pick up the pieces trying to figure out what sort of schedule would work for him and when he needs what. Um, you just can't, you can't assume that one customer is going to be the same as the next customer in terms of the way they work and, um, their expectations. So part of that is, um, and that's going to be a whole nother podcast I've decided because it's very extensive and I'm still learning it. Um, so again, another disclaimer, I sit here on this pedestal preaching to you and I don't mean to preach to you. It's more of I'm just telling you um, things that I have learned, um, things that I have uh, fallen victim to, things that I have messed up on um, in hopes that these things that I've gone through will then help you um, become a better freelancer, a better business person, um, somebody who's a little bit more knowledgeable. Um, And I really hope that these these tips are helping. Um, Otherwise, I'm just speaking to some mic in my room with a big fluffy pillow around my head looking ridiculous um, for no reason. So 
let me know if you guys are getting anything out of this. Um, would appreciate the feedback. Um, also, as this is my first full solo cast, um, yeah, I could definitely use some good feedback. But um, so jumping into the rest of this um, client bit. Um, so it's very, very important to figure out what you want in a client. And you need to be able to find people who you jive with, people who um, stick to timelines, people who work really well with you. And that might be something that's really hard to figure out in the beginning. But I firmly believe that from first interaction, you can get a pretty good gist of how people are going to work and operate. Um, and you can kind of then determine whether they're a good fit or not. Because although you're looking for business and you're looking for them to hire you officially, you're also, it's a two-way street. You're also looking to um, bring them in on your, on your different work that you're doing. Yeah. So, so finding clients is half the battle, but also you need to be able to find clients that you can work well with. So I think the biggest things, if we're going to boil this down into something very simple, is find clients that are okay with working with contracts, are not stingy in terms of payment. Um, that's a really big one. Um, you need to make sure that your client is comfortable paying your rates and um, also, you know, paying you fairly. If they're trying to get a deal or trying to kind of get around um, paying you what you should be fairly paid. Um, honestly, it's not even worth working with them. So just get out of that as soon as you can. Um, because if you cave to that, then that becomes the norm and you, you let them kind of take advantage of you. And uh, full disclosure, I'm still working on um, the vetting process of how I figure out which clients are going to be good, which clients are going to be bad. Um, I think this is something that I'm going to learn over time, and I'd love to share that process with you guys on that. Um, but another thing um, to consider is um, these are kind of just like some tips that I have, um, and it falls under the next category, which is called time management. And... If you're not good at time management and you want to be a freelancer, I suggest you learn time management. And if you don't learn time management, then good luck because time management is everything in freelance, especially if freelance is your side gig. Um, if it's your full-time job, it probably is even, you know what? I take that back. If it's your full-time job, it's even more important um, because time management is like how you basically run your business. A couple things that I learned with time management is, um, I kind of wanted to list them out because I was, when I was thinking about this, this is something I've learned within even just the last couple of weeks. Um, and I thought that I was a really good, I was really good at time management, but having a full-time job and three freelance jobs, that can throw you a little bit. If your time if your time management is not quite on par. So, um, number one, be realistic. Um, that is like, believe it or not, um, easier said than done. Um, for a while, I was kind of falling into the trap of telling my clients what they wanted to hear. 
And what I mean by that is I would tell them an idealized timeline of, oh, if everything goes right and, you know, nothing comes up, no issues happen, which, by the way, is totally unrealistic in, in the world of life. It just, you, the things come up. Um, I gave them these very fantasized timelines in which um, I would get things done. And before I had all these different jobs, um, that would have been perhaps realistic. But kind of given the situation that I'm in right now, where time is of the essence, very, very much so, um, I was not being realistic. Um, so that is a huge, huge thing. Um, and kind of tying into that is give yourself extra time. So what I mean by that is when you're estimating how much time something's going to take, and a lot of times when you're a freelancer, you're hourly. Um, and that's kind of the sort of uh, stance that I've taken um, over the last couple of months is transitioning to completely hourly with very few exceptions um, of doing package deals, um, just because time is something that I don't have a lot of. And so um, if you, when you're estimating and you're giving different clients, you know, how much time things will take, I, if you're just starting out, I suggest adding an hour and a half to each of your projected times just to give you that wiggle room of if you're going to need to do edits and you all know, we all know that every, you know, every single client that we are ever going to have is going to come back with edits and they're going to be extensive. And I would say try and limit your, your edit count, um, you know, in your contract when you, when you sign a contract is, um, tell them to not exceed three edits, um, three rounds of edits. And if they exceed, then there's a fee. Um, that's kind of how I combat that. But um, I suggest when you're trying to give time estimates, which I'm still working on, full disclosure, um, is give yourself an extra hour, hour and a half um, that you think that you're like, oh, surely I'm not going to go over that time. Well, I would add you know, at least a half an hour, if not an hour to an hour and a half, especially if you're just starting out and you really don't know how much um, time things are going to take. It's going to be the most accurate way to give the amount of time, the hours that you spend um, to your client so that they can prepare their budget um, efficiently and be able to expect how much they're going to be charged. Another thing is um, being authentic and um seems very simple and uh pretty like hello duh of course you're gonna be authentic but honestly um if you really sit back and think about it how many times do you tell everyone everything that's going on at the current moment um sometimes you just omit information to people because you don't want to overwhelm people um this this or that regardless of the excuse when you're freelancing and you have several clients it's very important to obviously um, keep the information about your clients um, private um, as it is, you know, you're dealing with different legal issues and things like that. But it is very important to inform different um, clients and customers that you have other people that you have to attend to. And this will give them... Um, I think I used to be under the impression that I didn't want to, like, give away too much because... I didn't want them to get like a 
different impression or I didn't want to like scare them away from um, hiring me so I wouldn't tell them all the other things I had to do. And that in the long run hurt me because um, my client didn't realize how precious my time was and therefore inadvertently took advantage of my time. Um, So it's very, very important that when you have, you know, multiple clients or multiple um, uh, different uh, commitments that you may have during the week that you um, are very open about them to your client. Okay, the second to last thing that I want to add is um, knowing your limits. And what I mean by that is um, there's going to be a some sort of breaking point um, in your career freelance. Um, and you're going to have to kind of find that sweet spot of like, what's too much work and, you know, kind of where, where is that happy medium of too much to not enough? Um, and I think that means not always saying yes, um, to every single client, unless you've got a full fledged team of people behind you. Um, so, um, I think for me, I've recently kind of, um, reached that point of breaking point of, okay, like this is a lot. Um, you kind of need to be able to know your limits and um, how many people you can acquire. That means also um, what kind of work you're saying yes to. You can't be a yes man. And that's something that I've been working on um, and still in the process of working on and definitely not an expert on. But it's something that I've learned that's incredibly important is to know when to say no, um, you know, and also to know if um you know, you need to phone a friend or you need to um, find someone else to help you um, with these projects. Um, thankfully, I have Mary with me, so I'm able to funnel projects to her if need be. Um, but I would say when you're freelancing, if you have a resource of somebody else, um, if you don't, then reach out to your client and say, hey, these are the things that I know I can accomplish, but, you know, given these tight deadlines or you know, given my constraints, um, I can't get all this stuff done and just be very authentic and, um, forward about it. And then it's a lot easier to be able to navigate through, um, instead of putting all the pressure on yourself, which <laughs> I've learned the hard way. So don't do what I did. Um, and the last thing is, um, know your worth. Um, and this is something that I'll probably do a whole another podcast on. I feel like every time I reach some sort of subject, I'd say that. But um, again, there's so much so much to be said and so much to learn about these different facets of freelance. Um, and it's something that's fascinating to me. It's why I listen to so many podcasts. But um, again, I am no expert. But um, one really important thing that I've learned over the last year is knowing your worth and not being afraid to ask for more. Um, so that means... You know, if that means, first of all, do research on how much people in your field are getting paid as a freelancer. Um, That's a really big thing. Um, I think that there's always a range and it's nice to find that sweet spot. Um, I would say definitely um, always go for the higher end. Um, When you're a freelancer, another thing you need to consider is um, you're going to be paying taxes on all of the money that you make. So... Um, you got to consider sort of what sort of fees are going to go into that. So that means less money for you to take home. So I recommend, um, charging more, um, a little bit more than you would normally, uh, 
rationale-wise, um, just to be able to cover that sort of expense. Um, another thing you need to think about is insurance, um, you know, health insurance, all the different insurances. When you're a freelancer, you, unless you have, you know, you're married and you have, um, your significant other has, you know, insurance that you, you get your insurance through, you're essentially going to be paying your own insurance. So that's going to come at a pretty high cost. So with that, I mean, that's why a lot of freelancers are fairly expensive because they're essentially their own business. They are um, supporting themselves. Um, that means, you know, you're not getting a 401k. You're not getting um, health benefits. You know, this is all stuff that they've got to provide for themselves. And I think this is something that maybe all people who are hiring freelancers should keep in mind. Um, so when you're hiring a freelancer, you know, these fees that you're, you're getting charged for, um, just know like where these fees are going. They're not always going directly into the pocket of the person, but they're also going towards their well-being. um, you know, all the different fees that are associated with being a freelancer. So to sum it up, I would say, number one, have a solid name, have a, have a logo, have some sort of branding. I didn't even touch on branding, but branding is another very big factor that I think, um, is not something that you need to have right, right away, but I think it's also a huge key. Um, have a website, secure a domain. If you do nothing else in this entire, um, if you do nothing else that I tell you, secure a domain name. That is huge. Um, find tools that work for you. Um, get set up on PayPal. Get those forms. Get all those contracts. Um, have someone look at it. You know, this is not something you have to do all on your own. Um, get a mentor. Um, you know, uh, when you're starting out, there's going to be a lot of questions that you may have. Um, so that's also really, really important. Um, find clients you want to work with. Figure out what you don't want <laughs> and what you want. This may be a trial and error thing, but try and kind of go with your gut. If you're not feeling somebody, then don't feel like you have to say yes network, use your social networking. That means LinkedIn, that means Nextdoor. Um, just really utilize those free tools. Um, time management, be authentic, give yourself extra time, know your limits, and know your worth. Um, so that's kind of the summary of my talk um, that I just just went over. Um, so so that's my um, short little spiel on how to start a freelance business. Um, a book that I recommend, um, just a little little inside tip here, is a book by John C. Maxwell. And I actually got this from a podcast I listened to. Um, and they suggested that you read How Successful People Think. Um, and I think it's really powerful. And it's essentially talking about the power of thought and um, how it can impact your life and your business. So um, that's a, uh, it's actually a really tiny book. How many pages is it? It's um, 124 pages, but it's like this tiny little Min Min book. Um, so I highly recommend getting that. Um, and that applies to any sort of business and or just career, um, career stuff. So, yeah, that is, that's my talk. Um, I hope you guys really liked that. Um, 
hoping to come at you with some more um, freelance tips, some more um, different things as we're we're developing content for this podcast. Um, it's kind of a diverse grouping of different interviews and um, conversations and also some solo casts in there. So so I hope that you really enjoyed it. Um, if you did, please leave a comment. Um, send us a voice message on Anchor. Um, I don't know how many of you guys listen on Anchor. Um, please clap now if you listen on Anchor. That will tell me for sure how many of you guys are actually listening on here. Um, but we are on Anchor if you want to follow us. Um, that is our podcasting platform. We also are on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, um, what are the other ones like Podbean? There's like, there's so many. Um, so just go ahead and follow us there. Um, it's like I'm missing something. Oh yeah. Check out our social media. Um, we're mostly on Instagram. Very rarely are we on Twitter. It's mostly to announce new episodes that come out every single week. Um, we try and get them in on Monday, but they're usually Monday, Wednesday is kind of our schedule. Um, so look for episodes Monday or Wednesday. Um, we will have new episodes every single Wednesday for you guys. Um, hopefully a couple more conversations. Um, we're looking to have some amazing special guests on in um, the upcoming weeks. Um, so stay tuned for that. Um, follow us on Instagram. We love to post our cover art. And I have a really fun time designing all the different cover art for our podcast. And um, yeah, just... just uh, comment on um one of our posts and tell us how we're doing if you liked this episode please let me know um if you want to hear more if you have any questions um feel free to send us a voice message on anchor if you have the anchor app if not um just dm us on instagram and we will respond back to you and 100 percent answer your question um so thanks guys and scratching on my door. Owen, can you not? Really? Ah. Really? Hi, Owen. <laughs>